Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit. DeVito backs up, throws deep, has Harris right side, and the catch at the five, and he tumbles into the end zone. That's a touchdown from 46, and the Orange are rolling. The Bills make me want to shout. Allen looks to his left, fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app, and uh, be doing it outside, friends. If you're here in central New York, because it's 75 degrees, the sun is shining. Gorgeous fall day. Everybody going apple picking? Get me some red delicious, please. Some honey crisp if they have it. That'd be nice. So whatever you're doing, however you're doing it, in central New York or not, that's the beauty of the app. That's the beauty of the ways you can digitally connect and be a part of this show. Because you can take us with you wherever you go, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. If you'd like to make yourself a part of the program, you can do that at 437-7644 on Twitter, Brent Axe Media. Now, Stop right there. Stop. We have served you. We have satisfied the customer by stopping right there. But you know what? If you become a regular somewhere, once in a while, that bartender will give you a free drink. Or maybe you know the manager and be like, yo, man, we got, we got this in. Don't tell anybody, but I saved you one, right? It's good to know people. It's good to have connections. Make you feel special. Maybe that barista once in a while is like, that's on me. Right? Because you're, you're such a loyal, regular customer. We offer something to everybody that makes you feel like you're part of the club. And we call it QSportsTalk.com. Because at this magical website, which you don't even need a password for, it's not like one of those deals like you go and you got to knock on the door and be like, what's the password? New England clam chowder. Is that the red or the white? No, 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 no. You just go to the website. Here we are. A radio show for all of the web to see. There is a live chat there. You can opine on this show as much as you'd like throughout the show. It doesn't even have to be what I'm talking about. You can just have your own conversations in there. And trust me, the regulars in the chat at QSportsTalk.com certainly have their own conversations in there. And then when the radio audience is in a commercial break, you are not. We keep the mics on. We keep the cameras on. You see what's happening. We give you your, your own exclusive content. It is a Pizza Friday for those of you excited about that, as usual. So QSportsTalk.com, friends. You don't even have to be in the in crowd. You don't even have to be, psst, hey, you know a password, right? Because we got the stuff. We got the good stuff back there. No, 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 no. Everybody can be a part of it, man. QSportsTalk.com. All right. We got lined up here on this Football Friday, folks. Well, football. We have plenty of football. 
for you. Syracuse and Wake Forest, of course. We will go through it all. You know, Baber said some interesting things to say on his radio program last night, in addition to, of course, the interesting things he said on this radio program last night. We're going to get into five keys for Syracuse against Wake Forest here shortly. Brian Drake, the man, the myth, the legend, the fantasy football hustle podcast at Drake Fantasy on Twitter is going to tell you how to win a fantasy football. We're going to do buy or sell today and a lot of great fantasy football-isms, if you will. I mean, Tim Tebow just just made the world cringe today on first take with this Urban Meyer thing. The way he talked about him, it's like the guy died. It's like, no, he went to a bar and he got caught doing things at a bar that he shouldn't be doing as an NFL head coach, and now he's kind of paying the piper for it, right? Oh, but Tim Tebow has just felt so bad for his family. He'll be praying for it. Yeah. Okay. We will get into that. We will certainly get into how the Bills make me wanna your Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. Come on now, take down the Kansas City Chiefs on a Football Friday. Lots of keys in that game. Some uh, injuries in that. Uh, some questionable Buffalo Bills. Not questionable as people. Questionable in terms of their status for this game that we're a little concerned about. So we will get into that on a football Friday. We'll keep you up to date on what's happening with the White Sox and Astros. That is a 3-2 game currently top of the fifth. It's been an interesting game so far. Houston with a big win yesterday. Yeah, the Red Sox lost last night. Now, we don't have the picture of the dog. My picture of... Where'd he go? Did you take, did you take my picture of the dog on the boogie board? I told you, folks. Once the Red Sox beat the Yankees, everything else is just dog on a boogie board, just loving life. Eventually that wave's going to hit that beach. Looks like the Rays are going to take this one. Wasn't even mad that you got guys stealing home on the Red Sox last night. Wasn't even mad at that. Like, I, I, First of all, if anybody can steal home, and I think that's the first player to steal home in a Major League Baseball playoff game, in like five years or something nutty like that. Like, you just got to tip your cap to that guy. He's like, hey, you can do that. God bless you, right? Ain't even mad at you. But it was nice to watch that game, and you may feel like I'm not a true fan for this. Yeah, here it is. There goes Rosalina. He steals home in October. Can't even get mad at that. As a Red Sox fan, it's all gravy from here because I didn't expect them to be here, and – I don't expect them to be tamper-friendly, so there you go. So we'll keep you updated on the baseball going on this afternoon and heading into what will be a busy sports weekend. But as we noted, there is a little football game at the Carrier Dome tomorrow. Now, our pregame coverage starts at 12.30 tomorrow. We extend coverage for home games, so I'll carry you through Syracuse football pregame from 12.30 to 2.30, then we'll kick it up to the quad where Stephen Fonte and James Mungrow will take you right until kickoff, and then after the game, post-game, both on the radio and QSportsTalk.com. So full day of coverage here on ESPN Syracuse tomorrow. Gorgeous day to be up on the quad tomorrow, by the way, getting ready for that game. So we got you covered on game day, but we want to get you ready to go into game day as well. And with the, well, look, we've hit a number of things this, this week. You know that I picked Syracuse to win. It's been really interesting to see other people on that bandwagon, notable national voices, Stuart Mandel, 
of the Athletic, Bruce Feldman of the Athletic, Bill Connolly of ESPN. Seen a few, and man, there's so many people out there that do some sort of gambling content now. But I've seen a lot of Q's plus six and official uh, Friday picks for a lot of people out there. So I don't know if I led the way on that or if I should feel nervous about that. <laughs> Everybody seems to agree that at the very least, for entertainment purposes only, Syracuse is going to cover the six. How are they, in my mind, going to win the game, but at the very least cover the six? Well, there, there's five things that really stand out to me. Should we bring him in? Should we wake up the voice guy? Are you there, voice man? Number one. Ah, he's there. Okay. Number one is you got to get off to a good start. Wake Forest is the kind of team that if you let them establish the tone, if you let them get into that, not the triple option, Georgia Tech Army style, but three different running backs, Ball control, get into their offense, get into their rhythm. It is hard to counter that if your offense is taking until the middle of the second quarter to get going, as was the case for Syracuse against Florida State. So what Dino Baber said about Wake Forest on his radio show last night. I think the biggest thing is, is that you know Wake Forest does what they do, and, and some of the stuff they do resembles us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you've, you've <laughs> or old that. us, as Sure, as you've said that for years, say. yeah. But uh, – you know, I think they're they're a good system. They're an older team. They're they got a bunch of five and six year guys, and uh, they know what they're doing. They know how to do it, and they do it at a high level. And they do. The experience, the system, the talent, everything has come together with this team. There's a reason they're five and zero. Okay, I'm not saying Syracuse has to take the lead, has to establish itself in the sense of put Wake Forest behind. You just have to show you're going to be in the game. The margin for error is considerably smaller. Take advantage, and now I think the crowd is going to be about in the mid-30s again. The students have been great that have been going. The fans that are making the effort to go are great. I'm not worried about the size of the crowd. What I'm worried about is if you're there, make it an atmosphere, and I think they will, okay? But you got to keep them engaged. you got to give them a reason to hang in this thing. You know, the Rutgers game was terrible. It was a boring football game. The Liberty game, a little more exciting, a little more back and forth, and the switch to uh, Garrett Schrader, there was some buzz in the air, came down to the end, great, right? Albany was Albany. So the home games at the Dome this year have been interesting in terms of atmosphere. This feels like the game. I went over on yesterday's show. This is the team, okay? Wake Forest is the ranked team, not Clemson next week. Wake Forest is the better quarterback. Wake Forest, go through all the check marks. Clemson's the brand name, and they're going to sell more tickets, and if they beat them next Friday night, that's still going to be a big deal. And see, that's another key here for Syracuse. It's not even on my official list here. It's a short week. You play Saturday, and then you get Clemson, who, by the way, is off this weekend. So Syracuse is going to be on a short week. Clemson's coming off a bye. So getting this win and establishing yourself, being the team a lot of people are picking and going from the last-place team to the first-place team in the ACC. There's a lot of big things on the line there. But an official key to victory, get off to a good start. Number two is number two specific. Number two. Two turnovers. I feel like this is a game where the defense is going to lead the way, is going to keep Syracuse and their offense at least engaged enough to make enough plays to hang in there I feel like you're going to need some surprises. I feel like the offense has to pull out a couple of stops here, pull out a couple of tricks. It's great that you've got this established running game with Sean Tucker, that Garrett Schrader 
shows that he can make plays with his legs. He's going to do that. But I feel like the defense has to get to Hartman, has to rattle him a little bit, because I'm not confident that they can really stop that running game, which brings me to point number three. Number three. Bend but don't break on defense against the run. Rutgers' trio of running backs is good. They are unselfish. There is a good mix of power and speed there. You've got the Christians, Christian Beal-Smith, who has 60 carries, four touchdowns. Justice Ellison, who was the rookie of the week in the ACC this week, by the way, 50 carries, three touchdowns. Christian Turner, 51 touchdowns with uh, 50, 51 touchdowns. That'd be a record. 51 carries for two touchdowns. They're one of the best running teams in the ACC. Ben, but don't break. Right? Just hang in there. When they get to the red zone, when there's opportunities, keep them off the scoreboard, make make them earn it there. I think Syracuse is a pretty good run defense. They have the 11th rated defense in the country. And But if you are Mikel Jones and Marlo Wax and that pass rush, you want your Josh Black and Kingsley Jonathan and, and the defensive line up front to try and send a message and be physical and don't make it easy on it, but this is a unique thing that Wake Forest has going here. It's hard for teams to establish three running backs. Usually one will emerge. Look at Syracuse with Tucker. It caused one player, Charvian Howard, to transfer, right? Because he's like, hey, well, I'm not getting on the field. To have three running backs with 50 or more carries at this point is significant. So bend but don't break there. The turnovers come from the passing game, get at getting after Hartman when Wake takes a chance, and this is a team that's scoring a lot of points this year. They're averaging 38 points per game. They've found themselves offensively. I don't think they've seen a defense quite like Syracuse's, though, that can get after it, that can cause some turnovers. Let me deuce Chestnut last week, diving interception like that. The ball hawk mentality that the Syracuse defense has played with, but hasn't quite shown at the rate this year that it has in the past couple of years, has to show in this game. Number four. Oh, sorry, boys. Man. Number four. To interrupt your gig there. That's what we pay you for. Is special teams. And our friend John Johnson really put this on my mind yesterday because it's not something we really thought about. But, man, special teams, it just has to play a part in this game. Not that special teams doesn't normally play a part. It matters. It's a third of the game, and, as we like to say on this show, hashtag special teams matter. Okay? It's not like we're not thinking about it. But think about the two kickers. Nick Skiba is the best kicker in the country. He is going to go down as one of the best kickers in NCAA history. Syracuse's last two games have come down to a field goal. Andre Schmidt kicked the Schmidt out of it and beat Liberty. Florida State game, it shouldn't have come down to this because of that holding penalty, which Dino talked about last night. We'll get into that later because the ACC actually, not that this is worth anything, but the ACC is like, yeah, maybe you were right about a couple of those things. Gee, thanks, guys, because that matters. But you've got the kickers there. John, who we had on yesterday, said, an excellent job in pointing out. So Wake Forest has the leading punt returner in the ACC and Taylor Morin. He averages 13 yards per return. And John said this kid is just on the verge of breaking one. Syracuse has the leading kick returner in the ACC. Trevor Pena leads the ACC 27.6 yards per return. Wake Forest, Jasheer Taylor 
had a 98-yard kick return. Now, mind you, that was against Old Dominion. But it just feels like something's going to break on special teams. And then, oh, yeah, we don't quite know the status of James Williams. If Syracuse has to put Ian Hawkins out there again, and you're kicking to that dangerous of a punt returner, like doesn't it feel like this game's going to swing? Something's going to happen on special teams. Someone's going to miss a kick. There's going to be a punt return, if not for a touchdown, a big game. I would be stunned if something doesn't happen of major significance in this game on special teams. So you got to be the team that makes the plays. Number five. Got to cut back on mistakes. The margin for error is exceptionally slimmer in this game. Florida State gave you chances. Florida State got off the field enough to give the Syracuse offense a chance to find itself in the middle of the second quarter. Florida State has holes in certain areas of the field. Now, they really established themselves in the short passing game, in the screen game, and I wonder if Wake Forest noticed that because that seems to be a big flaw in the Syracuse defense in stopping that. But Florida State did enough to keep Syracuse in that game. Wake Forest will not do that. Wake Forest just does not make mistakes. If you get them to make mistakes, you got to get just enough. Like we said, the two turnovers. But what they're not going to give you is a lot of penalties because it's an experienced team. Dave Clawson's always had those disciplined teams, right? Dino Babers last night on the challenges of facing a team like this. I think the biggest thing is they're, you, they're unique, they're experienced. You know, they don't beat themselves. Low penalty type football team. Uh, they don't get a lot of holding calls on offense because of that running style play they do that's, I call it slow to go. You know, <laughs> okay. it's, it's slow mo and all of a sudden it turns into fast mo at the end. And uh, from a defensive standpoint, you know, the guys with a lot of experience, the kicking game is so solid with the punter and, and the place kicker. And uh, it just makes one of those games where if you turn the ball over or you give them too many opportunities, it's not going to work out. In fact, I think their their last couple of losses have been when they turned the ball over, and that's very unique. They normally don't do that. That's exactly right. That's why the two turnovers is key. They're not going to give you mistakes in terms of penalties, stepping on their own toes and those kind of mistakes, which, knock on wood, from Syracuse's standpoint, they haven't been doing the past couple of weeks. The offensive line has been a lot better. Special teams penalties have been cut down. Penalties overall have seen a dramatic drop after that 16-penalty game against Albany. But if some of those mistakes start popping up again, they will pounce on you, and they're going to run by, and you're going to be like, what happened? This was a game five minutes ago. Everybody has that bad day, though. Everybody has that one day, nothing goes right. Maybe for once the officiating will go against the opponent and not Syracuse in that sense. So those are the five keys. Get off to a good start. Get at least two turnovers. Bend but don't break against the run. Make more plays on special teams. Be the benefactor of special teams. Cut back on mistakes. Make less mistakes, if you will. I mean, you could say that about every football game, but it is a priority in this one. You do those five things, be just like the A-team, man. I love it when a plan comes together. And you're going to look up at the end of the day, I pick 28-24, but I feel like it's going to be that kind of score, that kind of game, if Syracuse wins. If this is a sizable margin of victory, it's because... 
They stepped on their own toes. They got into penalties. They didn't get off to a good start. They created some turnovers. Special teams breaks the other way, and Wake Forest could win a game similar like they did last year. And this is a completely different team from last year to this year. This is a better team in almost every facet if you're Syracuse. Offensive line's a lot better. Defense is healthy, improved, getting after it. When Syracuse played Wake Forest last year, everything was starting to fall apart. Cisco was gone. DeVito got hurt. The offensive line was a mess. It just it was not meant to be. This is a game that I think Syracuse will win, as I've been well on the record. But if you look at it objectively, it's a game they can win. But all those things have to come together. You don't have to play the perfect game. But you have to play a better game than Florida State. And that was a three-point loss that came down to the end on a bad call. But you got to play better. You have to be sharper and more efficient against Wake Forest. Your thoughts welcome throughout the show, of course, at 437-7644. The live chat at QSportsTalk.com. Churning away, discussing this matchup. When we come back, though, on Football Friday, the path to victory for your Buffalo Bills. Huge Sunday night game. We'll talk some Giants-Cowboys as well. I don't think we're going to get to the Jets-Falcons. Sorry, Jet fans, but... By the way, they, they've played how many of these London games, and there's never a game between two winning teams. Literally, it's never happened. And we got the Jets and Falcons. I mean, it. I'll be up anyway, but am I going to hold off my trip to Wegmans on Sunday morning to watch that game? Uh, that's a no. So maybe you'll get a mention, Jet fans, but two juicy games with Bills fans and Giant fans ready for the weekend. Hot takes throughout the show. Brian Drake. We'll join us later to talk fantasy football. Uh, we're ready, man. You ready? Let's keep it going. It's a football Friday. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends, or welcome aboard. However, that describes you. Great to have you here on a football Friday on the block, ESPN Radio. Let me QSportsTalk.com is presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Our fantasy expert, Brian Drake, coming your way in about oh, 15 minutes or so. Buying and selling today. Making some moves, man. White Sox and Astros tied at four apiece. That game is in the bottom of the seventh now. Jose Altuve just got on base for the Astros. So keep you on tabs with that one. One of four playoff games this weekend. Football weekend ahead. Syracuse and Wake Forest, of course. We've got pregame coverage starting at 1230 with yours truly tomorrow, right here on ESPN Syracuse and QSportsTalk.com. We'll take you to 2.30. That's when Stephen Fonte and James Mungro take it from the quad. And what a gorgeous weekend it'll be. It's parents' weekend up on the quad, and a lot of people in for the game and in for the weekend, and a gorgeous weekend to be up on the quad with those boys, so make sure you do that. And then after the game, we will take your calls, first reaction, post-game press conferences, and more both on the radio and QSportsTalk.com after Syracuse beats Wake Forest tomorrow at the Dome. Now, Dino Babers, as you know, does his own radio program on Thursdays. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. Up on uh, Heritage Hill, Brewhouse, great spot. Um, Paulie doesn't appreciate the views because Paulie doesn't have a romantic bone in his body except for his dog, right, and and, and Indy's pink bed. And, and Paulie talks about his dog. He melts, you know, like no other, but. Other than that, like Paulie does not have a romantic bone in his body. He doesn't appreciate the view like most people do. But 
the views, the food, the brews, everything up at Heritage Hills. So uh, get up there for the Dino Baver Show and hang out. And one thing that he said on his program last night is, Wake Forest, and I brought this up earlier, we gave you the five keys to victory for Syracuse, a victory that I have predicted and been on the record, I think Syracuse is going to win this game. But one thing Syracuse has to be careful of is something that Dino details right here. It's exactly the opposite. It's almost like it's QB sneak blocking. Uh, they plug up all the – they use the center as a fulcrum and they, and they squeeze in the A and B gaps behind. It's like a flying wedge type thing like the old bombers, 52 bombers in World War II. They had the flying wing. And now when they're all in there and all those gaps are secure, they kind of just wait for the defense to move themselves out of the way. So they really don't have to hold because they're really not – going anywhere they're not going left they're not going right you know they're just kind of hanging out there and as the defense starts to whittle itself out then they they go and get them and and the backs find the creases and they go the back will either go inside or it'll go all the way around the left or all the way around the right and the hit chart on those runs are you know sideline to sidelines which makes it very difficult for the defense to stop it because they have to not only stop their gap, but they got to stop all the gaps because you don't know where the ball is going to go. Real nerdy football talk right there. Uh, you know, let me uh, let me translate that. They don't, they come straight at you. They've got three running backs. It's pretty straightforward. They don't get a lot of holding penalties. They just want to run over you, and they can. They've got a good, experienced offensive line. They've got the two Christians, Christian Beal Smith, Christian Turner, Justice Ellison, all over 50 carries. Com- uh, combination between those three of nine touchdowns. Don't forget about Chaquari Roberson and A.T. Uh, Perry. And uh, we mentioned Taylor Marin, good receiver, one of the best punt returners in the ACC. There is talent, experience, speed, and, and e- efficient is the word. Wake Forest is just a real efficient team. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't get a lot of turnovers. And I think if you're Syracuse, you've got to try and create a couple turnovers, jump some passes, get after Sam Hartman. But those guys don't fumble. They don't make a lot of mistakes. That's why Ben But Don't Break is going to be key in that run game. A couple more from Dino as uh, he looks at this Wake team, and, and here's what he sees. I think the biggest thing is, is that you know Wake Forest does what they do, and, and some of the stuff they do resembles us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you've, you've <laughs> or old that. us, as Sure, as you've said that for years, say. yeah. But, uh, you know, I think they're, they're a good system. They're an older team. They're, they got a bunch of five- and six-year guys, and uh, they know what they're doing. They know how to do it, and they do it at a high level. I think the biggest thing is they're you they're unique, their experience. You know, they don't beat themselves. Low penalty type football team. Uh, they don't get a lot of holding calls on offense because of that running style play they do. That's I call it slow to go. You know, <laughs> okay. it's, it's slow mo, and all of a sudden it turns into fast mo at the end. And uh, from a defensive standpoint, you know, the guys with a lot of experience. The kicking game is so solid with the punter and, and the place kicker. And uh, it just makes one of those games where if you turn the ball over or you give them too many opportunities, it's not going to work out. In fact, I think their, their last couple of losses have been when they turn the ball over, and that's very unique. They normally don't do that. And Syracuse has to do that to win. The counter from the Syracuse standpoint is they got to get the offense going earlier. It took until the middle of the second quarter before Garrett Schrader really found a comfort zone. It's on... Dino Babers, it's on Sterling Gilbert to get him in those rollouts, get him in those play-action passes. If Sean Tucker's running the ball, then by golly, let him do his thing. But look, there's been a lot of attention this week, of course, on Taj Harris. He leaves. Where I think this could benefit Syracuse in a weird way is they'll finally spread the ball around because Taj Harris just vacuums up a lot of attention. 
for good reason. He was Tommy DeVito's primary target, and not just because they're both from New Jersey. Schrader never really had that connection with Taz, just kind of a fresh perspective. That could be good for the Syracuse offense. You know who Schrader's going to throw the ball to? Whoever's open. If that's Anthony Queeley, if that's Courtney Jackson. I, you know, Courtney Jackson, we didn't talk enough about this. That kid fought his butt off last week to get open. He had some good yak plays, good old yak. I think it was like six catches, 60 yards, but I liked what I saw from him last week. It's so tempting with Damian Alford, and I think he's got a little thing going with Schrader. They've just missed on some big plays, particularly in the um, – they connected on a touchdown in the Albany game, but they've just missed out on some big throws in the Liberty game. They're so close to connecting on a big one. Is this Aronde Gatson's opportunity to show what he can do? And he and Alford are freshmen, so you got to take that into account here. But the blessing in disguise is Schrader is going to form his own connections with his own receivers. And that touchdown pass to Anthony Queeley is exactly the kind of play Syracuse can run. That thing was wide open because it was set up by a, a nice rollout play, fooled the defense, Queeley cuts across, and, you know, it's not ideal for a quarterback to be throwing across his body to the middle of the field, but, man, Queeley was on his own island on that play. Now, are you going to execute that kind of play against Wake? Florida State had its troubles on defense, particularly in the secondary. Wake Forest does not. But let's just see more of that. Let's just see some aggressive play calling drawn in the defense by running the ball and Schrader being a threat to running the ball and go over the top a little bit to whoever is open. Because Taj Harris, he's a talented guy that got open, but, man, when he didn't get the ball, he let you know it. And that could become a problem, and it becomes like, you, like you've got to you know, satisfy him and feed him and get him the ball a certain number of times per game. Can the Syracuse wide receivers take on the approach that maybe the Wake Forest running game does? Just whoever's open, unselfish, get him the ball kind of thing? Astros now lead 5-4. to four. Alvarez knocks in Altuve on a single, and the Astros still have two on here in the bottom of the seventh with just one out. So they are making a little charge here to take a 2-0 series lead on the Chicago White Sox. Now, before we break and hear from our friend Brian Drake and get a fantasy football uh, buy or sell segment on the way, uh, Dave Clawson, head coach at Wake Forest, had a few interesting things to say about this team, including Sean Tucker and what he thinks about him. He is explosive. He can make you miss. He can run through arm tackles. He'll be one of the best running backs, if not the best running back, that we maybe play all year. He is an excellent player, and he'd play for anybody in the conference and anybody in the country. What kind of game is Dave expecting? I think we've played as many one-score games as anybody in the conference the last three, four, five years. And, you know, we've won, I want to say, like two-thirds of them. Um, so that if we're going to have a good year, we're going to have to win close, you know, close one-score games. That's always been our good years here, and uh, I expect this week will be the same way. He has certainly noticed that Syracuse is taking on a different approach. They're averaging over 30 points a game, um, and they have changed their personality. Uh, when Dino got into the league, it was fast and tempo and throwing the ball all over the place. They have made a firm commitment to running the football, and they're very good at it. It's very well thought out schematically. Um, 
They do some very unique things that tries to split the defense. And again, they've got a, an offensive line and a back, and then the quarterback can beat you with his feet and his arm. A little bit more from Clawson here on the improvement he's seen from Syracuse. Syracuse, to me, is a, a very, very improved football team. Um, I don't know if any team was hit harder by COVID and opt-outs and injuries and all that last year uh, than Syracuse. Um, you know, the Syracuse team that we're about to go play Saturday you know, certainly doesn't resemble or look anything like the Syracuse team we played a year ago. He agrees, by the way, with something we were just saying about uh, even though Taj Harris is out, there's still some depth at running. I know they had a, a young man transfer, but, you know, they're they're still very talented at wideout. They always have been. And the, I think he's right about that. I don't think that's just a, an opposing coach kind of playing up an opponent. I've been saying that for weeks. They have committed to being more of a run-first team, power football, almost old school in a way, but there is talent at that wide receiver position, and that's the shame of the quarterback shuffle that Syracuse has played either way. The inability of DeVito to spread things out in the passing game and, and Schrader still has to prove he can do it in the passing game. There are good receivers on this team that if that offense finally clicked the way it, it needed to, R.I.P. Orange is the new fast, and these guys would be getting some numbers, and it'd be exciting. It'd be exactly what a team that plays in a dome for six games a year could do. That's the irony of this three yards and a cloud of dust from commitment to the run that Syracuse has taken on here. It's like you play in a freaking dome, and I know I'm just beating a dead horse here. We've said this for years, but why can't anybody take advantage of it as fully as it can be. You've got perfect conditions six times a year, and every time there's a coaching change or something of that nature comes along and, and you recycle the conversation, that's what people say. Well, you got the dome. You got the turf. That's why that close your eyes, orange is the new fast approach. Remember Dino in the speech, close your eyes, we're going to move fast on offense, and they did for a while, and not to say you can't be successful in other ways, but nobody's been able to quite figure that out. Pascaloni and even McPherson back in the day, the freeze option, even Doug Marone kind of hit it a little bit and NASA's final year, the NASCAR offense, as they called it. There's been moments. There's certainly been moments under Babers, don't get me wrong, with Dungy and the way this offense has gone. But here we sit in the sixth year of this thing, and you're running the ball. And you're smart, too, because of the player you have and the quarterback you have, which supposedly is one out as the best quarterback option for this team. But <laughs> just always laugh at that. It's like you got the the carrier dome. Six times a year, perfect track, and nobody can figure this out. Okay, sarah, sarah. Whatever will be, will be, right? We'll break on that note and come back with Brian Drake because we're going to help you win at fantasy football this weekend. Stay right there.